You're listening to CTO Bob with Bob Pellerin. This is Bob Pellerin, CTO Bob. I want to thank you, first of all, for tuning in today. It's a pleasure to have Mike Christensen of Acronis join me today talking about BYOD. That, by the way, stands for Bring Your Own Device. So I'm fairly certain most of you have heard of BYOD, uh, no matter where you live, whether it be North America or Europe. The trend is to have a company basically ask employees or external guests and get them to bring their laptops, their tablets, their smartphones into the office or to use them remotely to connect to corporate data or corporate infrastructure. Now, in a lot of cases, you'll have employees and external individuals that come for meetings and whatnot bring in their own laptops, their own tablets and self-smartphones, and they'll be doing this without corporate knowledge in some cases and simply connecting to Wi-Fi or trying to connect to the Internet or trying to connect to something or other. So, Mike, if you could get us started by maybe telling us about your views on the policies that the firm should have regarding bring your own device. When it comes to BYOD, whether a company has a policy uh, in favor of it or against it, it's happening. It's happening everywhere, um, and it's it's causing a lot of uh, concern for not just IT, but uh, executives in, within uh, uh, small to medium-sized businesses and enterprises as well. Um, across the board. The proliferation of tablets and smartphones has really changed the game. Um, Consumers have more computing power in their hands today than they did five years ago and uh, on much smaller devices. So the the fact of the matter is no matter what you do to lock down your environment, you've got to come up with some policy around how to maintain control and maintain or grant access to employees who choose to use a device that you don't necessarily hand them from an IT perspective. Do you see or do you recommend that companies have ways of discovering these devices as they get onto their network? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, about four years ago, the big buzz in the mobile device industry was MDM. How do you manage devices that are connecting to your environment? And there's a ton of different solutions out there that do just that, right? Manage not only the who has access, but infrastructure, but how do you lock down that device itself and or maintain control over what is on that device and and stop people from being able to use applications that could potentially harm your environment because they are getting on access to your email and potentially to corporate resources. Being able to discover who who is on was a a problem certainly four years ago. Today, um, infrastructure products, servers, and uh, email solutions typically have ways of reporting against that now where they didn't have uh, as strong reporting capabilities four or five years ago. Are you seeing a lot of things like self-service portals being put up specifically to counter the iPads and the the Android devices out there? Yeah, people are trying to do things around self-service portals, um, taking that out of IT's hands because in many uh, instances, as we're talking about BYOD, these uh, users in corporate environments are bringing their own, own devices in. It's not necessarily IT issued. 
So they don't have the, the ability to do full wipe of somebody's device, right? No, I don't want, if I bring in my iPad, I don't want people wiping off pictures of my son scoring the last goal in the, the lacrosse game he played last weekend because I happen to have accessed something that the company didn't want me to. Um, so I don't want to necessarily give up that control. So selective wipe, selective Ma- management of the device, select areas of management of the device is uh, certainly much more accepted by the end user community. Self-service portals help kind of get you partially there, but they don't necessarily give you that full, uh, give IT that full sense of security that they feel that they need when people are bringing in these devices. Uh, without getting into specific compliance Obviously, the the medical world, for example, that have to comply to things like HIPAA. Are you seeing that the smaller companies out there less worried or not concerned, or are they at the point also where they're even though their information is not necessarily that confidential or is not that business proprietary? You're talking about credit card information. That's a whole different ball game. Are you seeing a lot of the companies, regardless of what industry they're in, warming up to the idea that they have to put in things into place to protect themselves? Uh, yes. As a matter of fact, uh, I'd say about 12 months ago, I would have given you a totally different answer. Um, it was pretty much just your regulated industries. It was your larger enterprises that were concerned about um, data in, uh, security, data integrity. Um, today, we're starting to see a big push in the SMB space around being able to secure and, and control corporate intellectual property, if you will. The idea around end users coming in and saying, all right, I've got this really cool tablet that I want to be able to gain access to corporate data so that when I'm leaving the office early or, or have a meeting at Starbucks, I can still be productive and still edit my documents, still work on them, and still be able to save them back to the environment. Unfortunately, for most businesses out there, a lot of these cloud solutions have started becoming very, very popular. And IT and the corporate infrastructure loses a lot of control over the documents, over the corporate information that's then being stored up in some cloud solution that they don't necessarily even know the the user is using, uh, much less have access to it once it's up there. Small to medium-sized businesses, corporations, governments, they're all tasked with, with having to kind of fix the Dropbox problem, if you will. Companies like Box.net and Dropbox have great solutions for consumer-based users, but when it comes to your corporate infrastructure and your data, nobody wants that out. That intellectual property that that companies have, no matter the size, is what differentiates them in many ways over the other person, the other company that they're competing with for, for jobs and for business. So although they don't care that Somebody might find out that you didn't have as much meat on the truck for the one shipment as the, you know, you're supposed to have. That's not maybe as important as, as some of the back-end infrastructure and information that, that also could potentially leak out. So it is something that's very important to, to all size businesses today. We're talking about cloud. I'm always shocked that a lot of executives out there don't realize that even if you're using whether it's Google's solution or whether it's Dropbox or one of the other ones, that there is a caching feature that will actually store what is in the cloud locally so that you can work offline. And they don't seem to understand that if you have a laptop that is 
not encrypted uh, and you leave it on the bus or a train or a plane, that potentially somebody could use that cached information to retrieve those files. And it, you know, of course, even if they're Word and Excel, I mean, we all know that these things tend to gather information. People will cut and paste from CRM packages. They'll, they'll take some accounting information out of the accounting package to run their own reports in Excel. I mean, so that there could potentially be a lot of uh, compromised information just from a laptop that you think, hey, it's on the cloud, it, um, it's safe, but it really is still local, in, especially uh, on multiple devices if they're using uh, you know, the iPads, the Androids, and a laptop and a desktop. And so you could potentially have the same copy of that one file all over the place. That's right. And without having the ability to maintain control over that information, IT gets quite concerned and you'll, you'll find that most folks um, that are, are starting this, it's, it's kind of ironic, it, it typically starts at the executive level in these companies where an executive gets a, a fancy new device and says, I don't care, I just want to be able to have access to my work. But then the employees start seeing that the executives bringing in their nice new tablet and they say, well, I've got just bought this iPad mini, I, I want to be able to access my stuff as well. And they find a way to do so. And in many cases, it's finding that cloud-based solution. And you're right. Then they're doing a, a, a syncing that data across many devices. A solution like we offer with Acronis Access allows for that file sync and share uh, across whatever device, be it a, a Mac, a PC, a tablet, or a smartphone. But we do it in a way that IT maintains control over it. So it does give you that, that flexibility and that, that capability that everybody wants and needs but it also gives IT and the executives who now realize that they have serious problems with, with potential data leakage um, and intellectual property leakage, the, the comfort that they can secure that information and maintain control over it. Now, if I may drag something into the conversation that was a little out of the scope, um, things such as data recovery or backing up to the cloud itself, there's a differentiation between a Dropbox and the type of solution that you offer, which is a backup, which is a different uh, beast in itself? Well, there's two things at play here. One is maintaining control over the access to files, the ability to edit those files securely on no matter what device you're using, and be able to store and save that information back into the corporate environment. And from a BYOD solution, that's what we do with our Acronis Access. Then there's also um, our backup and recovery side of the house where we do have a backup into the cloud, into a secured infrastructure, a secured cloud environment that our users, our customers have access to. We have covered your backup products in previous podcasts. I just wanted to make sure that everybody understood that we're, there are solutions. The backup solution is different than the file storage. Right. So just want to make sure that that was understood. I also wanted to mention... You and I were talking prior to the show, and I brought up the fact a lot of users tend to find tools that are adequate, and sometimes they're at best adequate for what they need, uh, things like FTP file transfers, and they'll keep using that because that's, that's what they know, that's what they're used to. And as you move forward in time, new products come out. Unfortunately, a lot of the users, a lot of the administration, and even sometimes IT don't realize that you know, you've got one to a handful of individuals within a firm potentially that small or potentially a whole lot of them that, that still use the older tools and nobody's 
given it a second thought and went, you know, gone back to see if there's anything better. Uh, I, re- I bring this up specifically because uh, I ran across the Acronis Mass Transit recently. I don't know if you could talk about that product. Yep. So um, FTP is a, a solution that people have been using for, what, 15 years now, maybe more. Um, it's it's still great. If it's not broken, don't fix it is a, the mentality of a lot of companies out there. Um, but when you're moving massive amounts of data from one area of the country to another or from one large server to another server, sometimes FTP is not the solution that's going to be the most efficient or cost-effective way of, of moving data. And mass transit is a, an application that we've had out there for quite a while that that allows for almost that FTP on steroids. And it allows for you to move massive amounts of data very, very rapidly. Uh, as a matter of fact, second to none in the players that do play in this large data movement environment. We typically, when you uh, go head to head against any other solution out there, nobody matches the speed with which we're able to, to transfer data and files and information for, for that larger FTP scenario. And the target audience for that product is more or less for very large bulk transfers? Yes, that, that product is very large bulk transfers. Um, uh, we have a lot of uh, like print media folks that, that move very large files from one area to another, medical files for large uh, insurance type companies use solutions like this quite a bit, use our solution for that type of data transfer. But we also find that uh, that depending on what they're doing using FTP for, quite often Acronis Access fits that need, where instead of having to use an, an FTP solution to move uh, users' data and users' files around, you could use something like Acronis Access to do that file sync and share or push data down to various devices or PCs, Macs that the users need. If I could talk a little bit about product usage and product delivery, uh, you were talking about access. How is access installed? It's obviously this is a Windows-based uh, environment, or this work with Linux and everything else. So it is a, um, a Windows-based server solution um, that can be a virtual machine inside your firewall, and that server then works with Active Directory for authentication purposes to grant the user access to whatever IT says they can then access through the Acronis access server. So a file share, a SharePoint environment, a NAS environment, where a a user needs to have access to their data to be able to pull that information down again to whatever device it may be, a Mac, a PC, a tablet or a smartphone. The operating system on the tablet or smartphone, we work with Android and, and iOS, and we soon will have Windows 8.1 8.1 capabilities. And then they can edit those documents securely inside a secured environment on the tablet or the smartphone or right there on the, the desktop or Mac and save that file right back into your on-premises solution. Again, be it a SharePoint, file share, or NAS environment. I wanted to point out something as well that was in the news uh, August 18th, 2014, which is a court case in California, and specifically it was the Court of Appeal, which is the Corrin versus Schwann's home service. And basically the court stated, and I'll just go ahead and state what they they said here. We hold that when employees must use their personal cell phones for work-related calls, Labor Code Section 2802 requires the employer to reimburse them. 
Whether the employee have cell phone plans with unlimited minutes or limited minutes, the reimbursement owned is, is a reasonable percentage of their cell phone bill. So I don't know if you've got thoughts of that or how this might uh, affect BYOD. That is a very interesting ruling um, because uh, users have these smartphones on them wherever they go. I don't ever leave my house without having my iPhone with me. Um, and I'm constantly uh, th- throughout the weekend, the evenings, doing something via reading an email or looking something up that may have hit my you know, uh, thoughts about that, that might be something I need to look into for work. Um, and the idea that that a company or a corporation or government would have to reimburse an employee for something like that really changes the control that uh, companies might want to uh, think about before um, or as part of their BYOD policy moving forward. Um, maybe be able to lock down the ability to only access email or only access files during certain times of the day. Or they may even wish to start subsidizing some of the uh, phones being used or the types of phones if they prefer Android over iOS or whatever the case Correct. may be. They may decide that you know if they're going to be paying for some of the fees anyways, they might as well start controlling or encouraging certain behavior, I imagine. Absolutely. So, And, and that's a very good point because there are certain devices and certain versions of software and and or operating systems out there that uh, an IT department may not want a user to be able to have uh, connecting to their environments for whatever reason, um, be it a too old or what have you, to, just to be able to maintain softwares that can work with those solutions could be a problem. Uh, so this is a way for them to potentially help, you're right, subsidize the, the, the device or the service to make sure that everybody's using a, a qualified product for accessing their information. I mean, unfortunately, one of the challenges is exactly trying to get certain employees to get rid of their older devices. I mean, I've had questions before that say, hey, can I do this with an iPhone? And you say, sure. And then you find out it's like a iPhone 3. And you go, well, uh, <laughs> what I should have said was, <laughs> and so, you know, and you, you imagine in this day and age, just from personal experience, that the individuals tend to change them as they roll from plan to plan or they have contracts or they so a lot of them get tempted uh, from the phone companies. If we're talking about phones to to swap them out and get, you know, they get a credit for the next one if they renew and so forth. And the corporate world tends to want to change them as well on a regular basis or on a schedule basis anyways to control what versions they have of, you know, whether it's the iOS or the Androids and the Microsoft uh, versions out there. That's that's right. And in a BYOD world, um, just because uh, the, the carrier may be trying to tempt them into a newer version, they may say, you know what, I'm, I'm very happy with this iPhone 3, or I'm very happy with my um, Galaxy that I bought four or five years ago. So yes, absolutely. This is uh, something that helps IT have a little more control. When, when you see a ruling like this. Well, thank you. I appreciate you giving us the opportunity to speak on your podcast at Acronis. We are very happy of our, with our any data generation of products and the ability that uh, we grant our, our customers to be able to maintain control over their corporate inf- information and corporate data and yet giving the, their users the ability to maintain productivity no matter where they are. This podcast is copyrighted 2015 and is written and produced by Bob Pellerin. 